Welcome to Navigate the Day, a podcast where I share my personal journey of Stoic journaling. For 365 days, I will be exploring the teachings of Stoicism and how they can be applied to my daily life. This podcast is for anyone looking to find peace, happiness, and fulfillment in their lives. Join me on this journey as I navigate the ups and downs of life and strive to live with purpose and wisdom. Hello, friend, and welcome to Navigate the Day. It is February 18th, 2024. We are currently in the month of passions and emotions, and that falls under the discipline of perception. Our episode for this week is 372. Watch over your perceptions. I'd like to go ahead and share a quote that has to do with this theme. Keep constant guard over your perceptions, for it is no small thing you are protecting, but your respect, trustworthiness, and steadiness, peace of mind, freedom from pain, and fear. In a word, your freedom. For what would you sell these things? Epictetus, Discourses, 4.3.6b-8 through In this quote from Epictetus' Discourses, the Stoic philosopher emphasizes the importance of vigilance in maintaining control over one's perceptions. Some of the key takeaways from this quote are the Stoic emphasis on mindfulness and self-awareness. By remaining vigilant over their perceptions, individuals can actively monitor their thoughts and reactions, ensuring alignment with virtuous principles. Epictetus emphasizes the importance of virtues such as respect, trustworthiness, and steadiness in shaping one's character. These virtues are considered fundamental to the Stoic conception of eudaimonia or flourishing. Guarding perceptions is depicted as a means to attain inner freedom and peace of mind. Stoicism teaches that true freedom lies in mastering one's internal states and responses to external events rather than being enslaved by external circumstances. The quote prompts individuals to reflect on the intrinsic value of virtues and inner freedom by contemplating what they would be willing, would be unwilling to trade for these invaluable assets. Individuals are encouraged to prioritize ethical living and inner well-being above material gains or external accolades. In essence, this quote underscores the significance of vigilance in shaping one's perceptions, and by extension, one's character and well-being. By remaining mindful of their thoughts and judgments, individuals can cultivate essential virtues, preserve inner peace, and attain true freedom of the soul. With that, I'll go ahead and share my thoughts from this week. 
Love is not something I would have thought I'd be willing to give my peace of mind in exchange for. Regardless, I've let my feelings for Sunflower and my despair from our relationship ending rob me of peace. Though I suppose it should be said that I wasn't very stable or calm in the first place. Either way, I've been pretty bad for the better part of the last six months. Part of the struggle comes from my unwillingness to see the silver lining when it comes to this situation. Personally, it feels like the advice I receive boils down to making Sunflower out to be the problem. And I don't want to reframe my thoughts or feelings based on the opinions of others, especially in this way. Another major area that I'm, at, I'm sacrificing my peace of mind for is my day job, which I feel like has been a constant throughout this project. I think this means it's, it needs to be addressed in one way or another. One of the days that I got home from work this week, I did nothing more than smoke, listen to music, and wallow in self-pity. Other people at least try to fill their free time outside of their job that they might hate doing something that they enjoy, and I don't even allow myself that. Given that I have more or less stripped most of the pleasures from my life, it's hard to see any that I could take the time to dig deeper into. And that being said, I know one area that I would no doubt suffer if I were to allow it back into my life, or overindulge in, even for a short while. Drinking alcohol again. That would result in a hangover for starters, and I promise you, I do not miss waking up feeling so awful. Another unfortunate event that I avoid by continuing to be sober is waking up in my own bed, unaware or unsure of where I am, sending my anxiety through the roof first thing in the morning. I don't trust the little voice inside me, and that makes me hesitant to do a better job of listening to it. Personally, it feels as though I've lied to myself about what will make me happy, or who I am, and where I stand in this world. And where I stand in this world. Without much effort, I can think of a few things that I'm making harder than they need to be. Before starting this journaling practice, and even to this day, I've made my current job much more difficult than necessary. This is so dumb of me, especially when I consider that the work itself isn't particularly draining and that in the scope of income, I actually make more than I have before, not including commissions during sales roles. I've wasted out hours of my time outside of work worrying and complaining about my position, tasks for the day, or coworkers that I may have to interact with. This does no good. It simply takes my personal time and squanders it away. I've gotten less vocal about my negative views of my job, but have yet to dispel complaining completely. I truly was awful, and I can only attempt to imagine how it affected Sunflower or anyone else unfortunate enough to be bombarded by my negativity.
even now, I still struggle with regulating my emotions and find myself sinking into a negative headspace, dwelling on the mistakes on my mistakes instead of learning from them. I suppose that's a good enough segue. Another obvious area where I'm making things hard on myself is my breakup with Sunflower. And that was months ago, though I still haven't shaken my feelings of regret and loneliness. I might just be getting impatient with myself when in reality, I might just need to be deploying some self-compassion. Epictetus suggests that a desire for for what we lack is a surefire way to a miserable life. Knowing this doesn't stop me from yearning for things I cannot or do not have. For some some of them, I don't realize the happiness that I have in front of me until it's far too late. Again, the example that comes to mind is the life I had built with Sunflower. Had I been less worried about reaching some made-up goals that I thought would lead to happiness, mainly financial in nature, I'm sure I would have had a better chance of fostering a meaningful relationship. At the beginning, I didn't let myself believe Sunflower when she said that she was happy, just being with me, and that the circumstances and challenges we had to face didn't matter because we were up against it together. Instead, I was mistrusting and paranoid that she would leave me if I couldn't correct the path I was on. This was foolish, and I hate to admit, it wasn't clear to me at the time just how much I was standing in my own way. To this day, there are pockets of my life where I'm still my own biggest obstacle. I feel so defeated. If I can't learn my lesson after losing who I thought I was going to grow old with, it stands to reason I will never figure out who I am and what will make me happy in the end. Which is a nice way to circle back to the idea of figuring out where I'm putting off happiness that I could be experiencing now. It would seem the underlying issue here is a lack of self-awareness. In my opinion, This is partially due to me getting rid of activities and behaviors that were heavily wrapped up in my identity, leaving me feeling lost. Now I find myself frozen out of fear of making yet another decision that pulls me further from true contentment because I'm chasing a dopamine hit or instant gratification, only to regret it sometimes even moments later. When I look back on my relationship, it pains me to notice that I kept thinking that I, or rather we, had to be living in a better place, making a better income, or that I had to be better, or neither of us would be happy. For whatever reason, lack of self-worth or otherwise, I just couldn't allow myself to believe that she could be happy with me and the circumstances we found ourselves in. Although I would argue that me not allowing myself to be happy and content with my job or our housing situation was far more detrimental on the both of us than me simply being insecure that her love wasn't real. Still, my insecurities as a whole are really what was standing 
in the way. The attempts I've made in training against false impressions or mistaken beliefs, as far as I can tell, have either not worked as expected, I'm not as capable as I once thought, or I've been going about it completely, about it wrong entirely. Creating space between my initial emotional reaction and my response to it has gotten a little easier, and I think I'm being more consistent in catching myself before I work myself up too much. But there is still plenty of room for improvement in these areas. My initial impression is often a misconception of the reality of the situation, and leads to me making decisions that aren't aligned with or helping the circumstances I find myself in at all. I'm allowing myself to be tricked by emotionally charged thoughts instead of seeing what's right in front of me. This was the case with my friendships following my car accident, as well as my relationship with Sunflower. Had I separated myself from my emotions and looked at my life at the time more subjectively, I might have been able to foster a lasting, meaningful, and fulfilling relationship with those I love instead of building walls in an attempt to avoid being hurt. Impatience and anger have stood in the way of me forming genuine connections with those I care about, and I'm tired of feeling so lost and alone, especially when it's my own fault. It wasn't others alienating me this whole time, but the reverse. I pushed people away that I thought were influencing me negatively, which when I stop to think about it, is probably just a way of me pushing the responsibility and blame onto them instead of holding myself accountable for my own thoughts and actions, which is childish. That, and I see my past actions in the actions of others from time to time, so I think that my anger or discomfort toward them is really a reflection of my guilt, regret, and remorse for my behaviors that I can't take back. I found myself forcing my opinions onto them, or simply fading from their lives without an explanation as to why. Reflecting on these estranged relationships, I realized that the biggest problem causing a rift in them was my lack of empathy to the other person, their experiences, and their opinions. It is as if I refused to let myself see their points of view of the world, regrettably dismissing them and not being supportive or compassionate to their struggles, choices, or ideals of what a happy, fulfilling life looks like. I need to take a step back and avoid allowing myself to be swept up in my own emotions, thoughts, and opinions. Instead, having an open mind and empathetic ear to those that are comfortable comfortable enough to gift me with the opportunity to hear their stories. So on that note, I'm going to wrap things up for this week so I can attempt to get back to doing what's essential to me. I'm eager to learn more about myself as well as others while developing new or unused skills along the way. I hope that I get more opportunities to show my gratitude and appreciation to those I love. Although I need to remain patient as I progress, remembering that all things in life do take time. 
I enjoy journaling as it helps me to reflect daily. And I recommend that everyone try journaling for a while at least. I feel good about getting these thoughts out, even when it is difficult or feels unhelpful. So thank you for taking the time to listen to me ramble. Stay safe, and until next time, I wish you the best, and know you can handle the worst. Peace and love, friend.